Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of Dustbrew. I am your cordial host, Dustbrew Live. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dustbrew Live. And you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please follow me on those platforms, reach out to me, and let's start a dialogue. Let's start a dialogue. I apologize for my absence last week. I know many, many, many of our devoted fans were were upset. They were, you know, some some say they were in tears, weeping because, you know, I skipped last week and didn't record an episode. To those people, I say, I'm sorry. Will you ever forgive me? Can I borrow $300? Now, to those of you who weren't upset and, in fact, reveled and cheered in my absence, I say to you, fair play, mate. Fair play. I was, of course, in a much warmer region. And, of course, because I was in a much warmer region than the place that I live, I decided to do this little thing we humans occasionally do, and it's called have fun, right? I mean, let's be honest. When's the last time you've had fun? I mean, the last year you've what? You sat in your room, right? You sat in your room doing fake meetings on a fake video platform. I mean, is Zoom even real at this point? It feels like Zoom is fake. I think Zoom is fake. Zoom is not real. Hashtag Zoom ain't real. That's the name of this episode. Hashtag Zoom ain't real. Because at this point, what is real? I mean, we talk about the nature of reality, and yet we have no concept of of real life anymore. It's like life has escaped us all, slowly but surely, in this last year. And you know what? It's okay, though. Because, you know, just because we're living a different life doesn't mean it's not life, right? Because there's a lot of people out there who have taken this last year to improve their lives in many ways. I am not one of them. But that is for a different time. And a different discussion. There are many people who have chosen to take the last year to really figure themselves out, right? To improve themselves physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, you name it. Well, financially. (laughs) Good luck, man. Good luck. I mean, we're still sitting here. And they promised another stimulus check about four or five months ago now. And they're not, I mean, they're still gridlocked over it. So that shows you how much your government cares about you. They care. Okay, they care. You all you oh, they don't care about me. They they hope I starve and die and then I can just be a simple name on a simple piece of stone 
in a random green hill. That's who you are. That's who you'll be. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to be real with you. That's who you are. Most of you are just going to be names on a piece of stone. Names on a slab of stone. Among hundreds, maybe thousands of names. Everybody's in there. And nobody, nobody is really that different from the others. Some people have bigger ones. Larger plots. Larger gravestones. Some people even have mausoleums with an entrance and everything. But at the end of the day, most people are the same when they die. Everybody's got that same looking, similar looking slab of stone. That doesn't mean your life is meaningless or that you're not a unique person. But you have to understand that nobody, nobody is waiting for you to impress them, right? Like a lot of us, you know, we're looking at our lives through a lens of comparison and who, you know, who do I need to impress this week or how can I look really good to the world, right? Well, I'm here to tell you, newsflash, you can't because it's impossible. And Nobody is waiting for you to define yourself for yourself. In fact, the world is waiting for you to not do anything. The perfect human being is one which can be gobbled up easily by the, the mechanisms of society. The people that make people mad are often the people that are living more correctly. Now, I'm being very generic in general, and I understand that. And, you know, unfortunately, this is a 30-minute podcast, so I can only hit a few key points of what I want to say. But what I'm trying to tell you is, you have to start today, because tomorrow, you know, next week, next month, next year... Nobody has any idea what's going on or what's going to happen. So you really have nothing to lose with just going all in on yourself. I'm all in. I remember I had a professor in college. First day of class. He comes into the room. He looks at all of our 300 red-faced, fresh-faced college kids. You know what he says first? He looks at all of us, pauses, and goes... I'm all in. He leans forward. He says, I'm all in on you. And he looks, he didn't, it was as if he looked each of, each of us in the eye individually. That's how it felt. Even though he did not, that's how it felt. He said, I'm all in on you people. I'm all in on you. I'm all in. And it was the weirdest thing to open a class with, especially since the class was not really about personal development or motivation like you know it was a college class but the fact that he just looked at all of us and went I'm all in it honestly gave me a boost it really did now you know this guy had his issues and he wasn't perfect but man I mean what a way to open a class I'm all in I'm all in 
So that's what I'd like to say to you right now. I'm all in on you. Because you're sitting there. You know, your life is not perfect. Mine's far, far, far from perfect. But we can rejoice in the fact that we're all in. And if you want to help your friends and family out, you need to be all in on them. And you need to let them be all in on you. Because that's how we become all in together. So I'm all in on you. And I want you to never forget that, okay? I'm all in on you. And I want you to be all in on me. Can you do that for me? I want you to send me a message. DM me on Instagram, Twitter. Contact me and I want you to tell me whether or not you're ready to be all in on me. Because let me tell you, brothers and sisters, I'm all in on you. You know why I'm all in? Because I believe. I believe in you. Okay? So all I'm asking you to do is believe in me. Right? Because sometimes it's hard for me to believe in myself. So I need you to help me with that. Just like I know you need me to help you with that. And in doing that, we create this beautiful codependent relationship, this beautiful symbiotic relationship where we both prosper because of it. So that's what I need us to do. I need us to be all in on each other. And I promise you, if you can start being all in on the people around you, the people that you love and who love you, You're going to feel a lot better about your station in life. You're going to forget worrying about all that silly crap people want you to worry about. Like, oh, what about, am I making enough money? Is my job satisfying me? Do my coworkers like me? Is my boss impressed by me? Do I have a nice car, a nice house? Do I have, you know, am I fulfilled throughout the day? Am Am I eating better? Am I... Do I sleep enough? Do I, you know, play with my kids enough? All these questions just fade out out into the gray, man. They just kind of wash away when you feel this deep contentment and fulfillment from being all in on each other, right? So be all in on each other. You know, when it comes to being all in, I was thinking about this recently. I've been thinking about emotional intelligence. So we, everyone knows about IQ, right? We all talk about, well, my IQ is this, and I was in the gifted program. Oh, 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 mama, 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 mia, man. Nobody cares, right? Like, nobody cares. IQ had a brief 50-year reign where everybody thought it's what completely defined you intellectually, academically, even socially. But it's over. The run is over, right? It's done. We're done. 
Because at the end of the day, there have been not only has there been a lot of research done into the you know the IQ tests, quote unquote, and most of them have been found to not represent a person's intelligence. And the fact that you can be intelligent in many different ways means that it's impossible to test you in all of these ways in a single test. So thusly, IQ has been phased out as a point of importance in defining a person's intelligence. So we're all familiar with IQ. And, you know, it's had its run and it's it's over now. I mean, IQ, if I could talk to you right now, IQ. Mr. IQ, I just want to tell you, you're done, right? Unfortunately, you know, we've had a good run, you and I. But it's over. I mean, it's over. The lights are off. No one's, no one's, the audience has left the building. Even the, you know, the stage crew. The stage crew's packing up. They're going home. The show's over, folks. I mean, the show is over. That's what I'd say to you. If I, if you are the I, if you were IQ and I was me and I was talking to you, I'd say, I'm sorry, but it's over. Step aside because there's this new young buck who's going to come in and he's going to wow us all. And that, of course, is your second cousin, EQ. Now, a lot of you don't know what EQ is. And this is the exact problem. Because EQ, to me, is probably more impressive than IQ in many ways. EQ stands for emotional quotient, much like IQ stands for intellectual quotient. So the emotional quotient is basically just looking at your sense of emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence, much like IQ, is sort of a vague... It's not really clearly defined, like, what is it exactly in practice. But, generally speaking, emotional intelligence is the ability to not only understand and respect your own emotions, but to be able to deeply connect and understand how other people are feeling, often intuitively. Somebody with a high emotional intelligence does not have to sit and ponder about how somebody feels about something. Often they can read it. It's innate. It's a natural ability for them to read the room, understand how people are feeling, understand the dynamics between two people with whom they may not even know. But it's the, it's, it's the ability to empathize deeply with people, to understand to acknowledge how other people are feeling in a meaningful way and even express maybe what what somebody else is feeling better than they could have expressed it in their own words. That's emotional intelligence. And to me, meeting somebody with extremely high emotional intelligence blows my mind more than somebody like Stephen Hawking who was purported to have a massive IQ, Right? Because they're sort of like a social juggernaut. But not in like a 
frat bro, like, you know, king of the party type way. It's more of a, like a very subtle beast of of human interaction. A subtle icon, an iconoclast of human interaction. And it's, you know, it's often very subtle. You won't even know really what they're doing until they've, after they've done it. They're sort of like a spy stealing, stealing your emotions and taking a look at the, you know, taking a look at your, they're like a spy coming into your office, breaking into your safe space, literally a safe and reading your deepest, darkest emotional files. That's what they're doing. And they get in, they get out, and they leave no trace, no fingerprints, no nothing. But you know they've been there because they're, you're, you're sitting there talking to them. And it's literally like they are telling you how you feel better than you could have ever told them how you feel. And it's mind-blowing. Now... The other side of the coin with with these type of people is you can either understand that you have this gift and use it to to help people in dark parts of their life. Help people figure out, straighten out their thoughts and feelings about things and help them move forward in tough situations. That's the one route you can take. Or... You can choose to use this gift to make people bend to your will, to literally manipulate people's emotions, opinions, you know, feelings. All of these things can be done in a very malicious way for some sort of goal you might seek with the person or, you know, with somebody else or, you know, without the person. And that's why it's very dangerous, these people. You know, it it is it is really very similar. That's why I refer to it as a second cousin to, you know, the IQ. Because somebody who's extremely smart can often be tricked, not tricked, but often can find themselves in very dark places doing dark deeds or, you know, finding the cure for AIDS. So they are very similar and they are cousins in that way. But emotional intelligence is something that can be learned. I do believe you can learn a lot about understanding how people feel and reading body language and understanding social cues all of these things can be taught and learned i truly believe but i think you know there's a further sort of wunderkind segment of of this talent that cannot be taught it's like it's like people who write hit songs they were not born with the ability to learn, the, you know, they were not born with the ability to play the guitar or the piano or even p- to sing 
you know, or to read music. But all of these things, well, singing can be innate, but what I mean is all of the mechanics, the mechanics of writing a song, learning how to read sheet music, learning how to write sheet music, learning notes, chords, octaves, keys, piano, playing guitar, the drums, the flute, the saxophone, whatever it might be, all of these mechanical things can be taught. But it takes a special spark that I don't believe is is something taught. I just think it's something natural. To make somebody write a truly powerful song, something that resonates with thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people, like Billy Joel, for example. Now, it was not, it is by no means his biggest album, and none of his, you know, most of the hit songs are from other albums. But the first album he ever wrote was called Cold Spring Harbor, and it was released in when he was 21 years old. Now, I'm 22, and I can't imagine releasing a record at 21 and have it stand the test of time like it has. I mean, the man, you can hear in his songwriting at the age of 21 in this first album he ever released, you can hear the makings of what became his smash hits and what skyrocketed him to becoming a mega-famous singer. So it's that innate natural ability on top of being very good with all the mechanical parts of, of the process that cause you to be a genius, a musical genius, an, an intellectual genius, an emotional genius. There's that extra piece that just some people have and some people don't have. But that does not mean, of course, that the people that don't have it will never be great at anything. That's obviously false. I mean, there are many, many great people out there who have worked very hard for what they've become good at. And there's really no trace of an innate talent or genius at what they're doing. I don't need to give you any examples because I'm sure you all know people like that in your own lives. And those people are often, they're often subtly brilliant. And I, I, I think it's almost a better life, to be honest with you. Like, there's, you know, there's the showboat brilliance. There's the extravagant brilliance. You know, the athletes we see on TV, musicians, rock stars. You know, their their lives look exciting, you know, in the performance of their genius. Like, in the display of what they're amazing at, you know, they sh- they they give an amazing show of it. But there are a lot of people who have a subtle brilliance. That unless you really know them, you'll never discover. It's like a hidden treasure, a hidden gem. And one of the hidden gems of the world is people with amazing emotional intelligence. I mean, most of you probably know or may be a person who has a lot of emotional intelligence. Like somebody, you probably all have a friend who you go to 
when you're when you're struggling or or you need advice or you need help with something because you know they'll be there for you and furthermore you know that they have very wise words to say and they often they often can express how you're feeling as well as you can like they they have this ability to just sort of dig deep into what the what you're getting at and take you there like they know where you need to go and they help take you there that those kinds of people display that sort of subtle brilliance and that i i believe those are the people that are more the most interesting people you can meet yes you know celebrities can be interesting you know lebron james he's a great athlete you know i'm sure he's an interesting guy but it's it's more interesting to me to find people who don't necessarily get the recognition that compares to the level of brilliance that they have. Those people I love to talk to and I love to meet. And, you know, I know many of them. I'm sure you all know many of those people as well. And it, it's just it makes your life feel less boring to talk to those people. And that's really all we're trying to do, right? I mean, if we really want to get down to brass tacks, I mean, we wake up. And by wake up, I mean we're born screaming, crying. We do a couple things here and there, try some activities, try to have a little fun, laugh, eat some food, and then we croak. I mean, that's all there is to it. So because I understand this, I desire to meet interesting people. And I'm I'm worried that this, you know, this last year has made people boring. And I can't I can't say that I've not also become boring because I'm also living through this, but I think there's a lot of people who have and it's not their fault. It's not their fault, right? They've just been led to a place where they just have nothing to say anymore. Have you ever run out of something to say? You're just talking and talking. to Maybe it's a good friend you're talking to. But at a certain point, you just go, oh, now I'm saying nothing. Truly, I am saying nothing of value. Right now, I am saying nothing of value. That's truly what I'm saying right now. Nothing of value. And you kind of stop yourself. At least I do sometimes. And I go, like you you have that inner monologue while you're still talking. And you're going, am I still talking? Why am I still talking? I'm literally saying nothing. Now, some of my haters out there will say that this podcast is me doing that for 30 minutes straight. Just saying nothing. And continuing on with my nothingness. Now, to that I say, maybe, bro. But at the end of the day, I'm going to keep going. Because it's not about perfection. If I wanted to release 30 minutes of absolute verbal brilliance, it would take me weeks, months to prepare it. But instead, I am releasing a weekly 
monologue of sorts in which I share how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking about. Because maybe that's what you're thinking about. Maybe that's what you're feeling. And that brings us together as human beings. For that reason, I see it as more valuable for me to continue on doing it weekly than if I were to wait and do this big, you know, write everything out, have every one-liner ready to go, have jokes, have smart quips, wise things to say. I'd rather reach these places organically. And maybe I only say one smart thing. You know, maybe you listen to the whole 30 minutes and there's only one minute that really resonates with you. That's okay with me. I don't need you to have all 30 minutes resonate with you deeply. But if you can get anything out of it, anything at all, that's worth it to me. And for that reason, I'm going to continue. So... Sometimes we talk and talk and talk and we're saying nothing. And it's okay to do because everybody does it. So don't feel ashamed if you catch yourself doing it. Because this last year has turned us all into total boring, I mean, just pedestrian people. I mean, what can you talk about at the end of the day? What can we talk about anymore? Well, did you see? No, what? What is it? Well, politics, blah, 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 blah. The president, blah, 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 blah. Enough, enough. Well, well, masks, blah, 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 blah. COVID cases, blah, 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 blah. It's all gobbledygook at this point. It's like I have tinnitus. I have conversational tinnitus. I mean, these people I talk to, I mean, and I do it too. We all just blah, 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 blah. It's just like conversational tinnitus. That's the word of the day, folks. Conversational tinnitus. Nothing more to be talked about. Nothing more to be discussed. We've talked about everything. We're not doing anything. We can't see anybody. We can't do anything. We have become comfortably numb. Have a good one, everybody. Peace out.